what we're going to find in this passage of Scripture is a situation that was absolutely, absolutely critical. A dire situation Jesus had gone on top of the Mount of Transfiguration, as we call it, with Simon, Peter, James, and John. There he was transfigured, transformed. His glory radiated. They saw him as we're going to see him in heaven, high and lifted up. It's unveiled glory. It was so radical and so much that they couldn't take it. They heard the voice of God the Father say, this is my beloved son. You hear him. You listen to him. Simon Peter, uh, he was mesmerized by seeing Moses and seeing Elijah. And, 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 and God said, no, no, no. You're getting your focus all wrong. It's not on this personality or this man or this Old Testament figure. My focus, I want your focus, Simon Peter, to be on Jesus, my son. In his glory, we're not going to build three tabernacles, one for one, one for the other, one for... No, no, no. There's only one central figure that matters or that means anything, and that's Jesus. You listen to him. The voice of God the Father was so startling to those three apostles that they hit the ground. They fell to the ground like dead men, the scripture says. And Jesus walked over to them and touched them and got them up off the ground. What a glorious scene. But Jesus in this text, he had gone from such a glorious scene there on top of the mountain and that he knew that there was a situation down at the base of the mountain that needed his attention and his intervention. Only he could have done what needed to be done. You say, oh, Christian, what was the scenario? What was the situation? Would you look with me, please, in verse 17 of Mark 9? One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth, he gnasheth with his teeth, Pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he, Jesus, answereth him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you or allow you? And then he said to the dad, Bring him unto me. And he says, verse 20, and they brought him unto him. They brought the young man to Jesus. And when he saw him, when the young man saw Jesus straightway, immediately the spirit inside of him, the demon inside of the young man, tear him. He fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long is it since this came unto him? Can I stop you just a moment? Please remember that any time you see in the Bible Jesus asking a question, he's not asking a question in order to gain knowledge or information. He already knows everything, right? He didn't have to ask the dad that question in order for him to know all about the situation. Jesus always asks 
questions not for his sake, but for the sake of those that were standing by. He asked that question for us so that we would know here in 2021 as we peek into this story and see what was going on. The father said in verse 21, he has been this way of a child. Can you imagine that? Because gang, what we're talking about here is not just a medical affliction. Even though there, there were, uh, this demon possession was manifested uh, uh, through, through a medical condition where, where the young man was, was hearing impaired and he, he not only could not hear, he couldn't speak. Uh, he didn't have the ability. In fact, in a parallel passage there in the Gospel of Luke, it says about this man, it uses the word lunatic Lunatic. Now we say that, uh, we, we, we toss that word around and say, oh, that is, refers to a crazy person. That person's a lunatic. One writer said that it literally means that reason, the reasoning ability of this young man had been dethroned by the demons. Didn't have any ability whatsoever to, to, to make a rational decision Oftentimes the scripture says that the demons would drive the young man to just fall down on the ground or throw himself into a fire. Can you imagine what this mom and dad, don't you know, gang, they had been to every physician? Don't you know they had been to every expert there in first century Israel? Don't you know they had been to every religious leader that they had any dab of confidence in? Can you help us with our boy? Nobody could help him. I guarantee you, they literally were at their wit's end. Verse 22, oft times this demon has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. And can I say, gang, like we talked about last Sunday, that's Satan's goal with every single one of us. He wants to absolutely destroy every single one. But notice what the dad says. Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And immediately straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many standing by said, He is dead. But Jesus took him up by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he came into the house, his disciples asked him privately. His disciples said, Lord, why could not we cast the demon out? And Jesus said in verse 29, this kind can come forth by nothing 
but by prayer and fasting. Having already sought the help from the apostles with no avail, this desperate, distraught father now turns to Jesus for a breakthrough in the life of his son. The father lingered there at the base of the mountain waiting on Jesus to come back down. He knew Jesus was up there. I'm sure the disciples had mentioned, well, the master is on top of the mountain. We're not sure when he's coming back. These disciples could not help the dad. They couldn't do anything to help the boy. Have you ever been in a situation or maybe in making a business transaction or maybe you've purchased something and it's just not right and you go back to the store or the dealership or whatever and you ask for the manager or you ask for someone for some help and, and they come out and you tell them your plight, your situation. I have an issue. I need this resolved. Have you ever had anybody look at you and say, well, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Well, I'm sorry, uh, I'm not sure that's, that's according to company policy. <laughs> I'm not sure we can do that. You're like, well, you know, what do you mean you're not sure you can do this? I mean, I, 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 man, I need help. You're supposed to be helping me. And, 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 and they're like, well, we can't help you. Have you ever said, can I speak to a manager? Well, I am the manager, sir. Well, can I speak to the man who is in charge? Oh, you mean him? I can see in my mind this dad standing there. He's like, hey, disciples, can you help me with my boy? They try. They try everything. They, they try every prayer, every little, uh, uh, man, what, I mean, we've done this before and it's worked. It's, I mean, but we can't do anything. Right? What, is, what is going on? And the dad said, i tell you what I'll do. I'll wait right here. I'll wait for Jesus. Because there's nobody else that can help me. I just need Jesus to show up. If you've lived life, you've dealt with stuff, You've dealt with heartache, you've dealt with situations, you've dealt with your own sin, you've dealt with struggles with other people, maybe your children and deep burdens on your heart or grandchildren or whatever it is, and you've seen situations where you're like, you know what, I've done humanly speaking every single thing I know to do. I just need Jesus to show up here. I gotta get this problem to Jesus. I gotta take it to Jesus. It is bigger than me. It's beyond me. I can't handle this. I've done everything I know to do. I've exhausted my resources. I sure need Jesus to show up. That's where we find this dad. I wanna give you three facts and then we're gonna pray. Fact number one. You and I can't make it at all without the intervening help of Jesus. If this passage shows us nothing, it shows us that. 
that we are absolutely powerless in verse 18. The scripture says that these disciples, man, they tried. They were well-intentioned. They were not, certainly not bad men. They loved God. They were, they were men who were following Christ and righteousness, and, but they were totally unable to do what needed to be done. Think about all the situations that exist in our lives that are beyond our human ability to influence or to control. Think about these everyday situations, these real life situations that demand Jesus' intervening help. It may be a sinful habit, a spiritual stronghold that needs to be broken. Do you have any of those? It may be a relationship that needs to be healed. Do you have any of those? It may be a marriage that needs to be transformed. A soul that needs to be saved. A life that needs to be restored. An addiction that needs to be broken. A hurt that needs to be mended. A pressing issue that needs to be resolved. A desperate prayer that needs to be answered. A mind that needs to be at peace. A church that needs to be revived and unified and brought to life again. A broken world that needs to be reached with the gospel. Oh dear one, hear my heart today. And every single one that I just mentioned, only Jesus has the power to do what needs to be done. There are no magic formulas. There doesn't have to be. Because there is Jesus. It's not Jesus plus my effort, Jesus plus my ideas, Jesus plus my thoughts, Jesus plus my opinion. No, dear friend, we don't need man's opinion. We don't need what man can do. We don't need what humans can produce. We need Jesus to show up. Amen. That's what you need. You see, Christian, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed and ashamed to go to somebody and talk to them about my problem. I understand. Because we humans aren't very good at not casting judgment on people. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be sinful problems. It could just be something that somebody's dealing with. But boy, we love to take that and go run with it, don't we? <laughs> we use it as a prayer request, but sometimes the motive is more gossip than prayer. So I understand someone's reluctance and wanting to share with somebody else maybe what they're struggling with. And I get it because we're not real good, especially some of us aren't real good at transparency. But more than I need to come to you and get your counsel or you need to come to me and get my two cents worth. Oh, dear friend, we can try to help each other all we can. I'm just going to tell you, we need Jesus to move on the scene. You need Jesus to break that bondage. 
You need Jesus to heal your marriage. You need Jesus to heal and restore your relationship. You and I need Jesus to break the chains of sin and temptation in our lives. We need Jesus. You need Jesus to move and save that loved one that you've been burdened about and praying about for decades. Only Jesus can do in their life what needs to be done. Only Jesus can heal your hurt. He's the only one. Only Jesus can restore that relationship. Only Jesus can knock down a wall and open up a door. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can bring healing that you need. Mind, body, spirit. There are some situations in life as proven by this text, those disciples can't help you with. You gotta get Jesus to show up. Fact number two, and this is maybe the one I struggle with the most God is attracted to brokenness and desperation, but He is repulsed by pride and self-sufficiency. It's interesting when he begins to question the young man or the young man's daddy. The daddy said, he cried out in verse 24, and he said with tears, Lord, I do believe. I'm desperate, Lord. I do believe. Help my unbelief. You say, wait a minute, that sounds like a contradiction. He just said he believed, and then he said, help my unbelief. You know what I think? I think the man was saying, I don't know, but I think I've been there, and you have too. Lord, I do trust you, <laughs> but there's a part of me that's struggling with trusting you. Help that part. <laughs> Lord, I trust you 75, but I know there's 25% of me that's on the struggle bus. I need help with the 25 I believe that's what he was saying. Lord, you know me. You know I trust you, but you know I struggle too. So I give you, I not only give you my situation, Lord, I give you my struggle. He said with tears, he was desperate for Jesus to help him. I want you to know today that Jesus is nearest those with a broken heart. He says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is nigh those that are of a broken heart and he saves those that are of a contrite spirit. He says in James 4, 8, if you draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. In verse 6, he says, but God, listen, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The word resist there literally means that God sets himself up like an army against someone who is proud. You see, hear me, dear one, proud people don't think that they're as bad off as everybody else. Proud people don't think that they really need the help of Jesus all that bad. They might need Jesus' help a little bit, but they don't understand how bad off they are. 
proud people. And, and that's why he said, hey, if you're proud and you come to me wanting me to lend you a finger or lend you a hand, I'm not going to help you. I can't help you because you think you've got it. You, you think you're self-sufficient. And he said, I resist that. He said, but when you come to me like this, dad, when you confess that you don't have the ability and you know that you're jacked up, you're messed up, and you've come to the end of yourself, you don't even know if you have the faith necessary in order to get it all right, but you confess that to me. He says, I promise you, that's when I'm going to begin to move. I'm desperate. I have no other options. I'm broken. Jesus is attracted to brokenness. Here in the text, he, it seems to us, Jesus highlights prayer and fasting with the disciples. He said this happens, this uh, miracle, this kind of miracle can only happen by prayer and fasting. What is prayer and fasting? Prayer and fasting is prayer, intentional communication with God. Fasting is abstaining from something like food or beverages for spiritual purposes. Both of these show a point of desperation. And that's where the dad was. In Psalm 77, it says, I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. And I close with this third fact. Oh, dear one, listen carefully, please. May the dear Holy Spirit of God be pleased to take this and draw us close. Fact number three, God works best and is most glorified when we take our hands off and give our situation to Him. I love verse 19 when Jesus looks at the dad and He says, bring him here. Just bring me your son. And the dad did that. He, he brought this, I believe, young adult man now. He brought him to the Lord. Here. Here he is. I trust you with him. I don't know what else to do. I want you to know this morning... It might not be a young adult son that's demon-possessed. Oh, it might be something else. It could be a financial situation that is beyond your control and you are absolutely, you don't know what to do. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's going to drop a million in your lap, but I know this, gang, you can't solve it on your own. You need the wisdom and the help of Jesus. It could be a financial or a, a physical need. Maybe some doctor's appointment you had last week. You got to go back for some more tests and you're dreading it because there could potentially be something deeper there. You need to bring that to Jesus. It could be a sin, a besetting sin. You 
bring it to Jesus. For some, it's a situation that has just been gut-wrenching in your soul and in your spirit for months, years even, maybe. Oh, dear one, will you bring that to Jesus and lay it in in his hands? I don't know what he's going to do with it. I don't know. I'm not... God, I don't see as He sees. His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are different than ours. But here's what I know. I know He's the only one who can do in your life what needs to be done. Will you bring it to Him? The Scripture says, I love this. I want you to see this. Luke 9, verse 42 said, And Jesus rebuked the demon spirit, and he healed the boy. And then I love this phrase. Jesus delivered the young man again to his father. The dad trusted the son with Jesus. And Jesus took the boy and he performed the miracle that needed to take place. And I, I hope one day in heaven, I can't prove this, I hope one day that the Lord lets us sit down and I don't even think we'll need a big screen. Maybe he can just give us it in our imagination and help us to see things played out like they played out in Scripture. But I, to me, this is one of the most precious scenes I think you can find anywhere in the Bible. When Jesus heals the boy... And there's the dad standing there and the astonishment and the wonder and the joy and the humility and gratitude on the face of the dad as Jesus says, okay, here he is. I give him back to you. Here he is. I've done for you and in him and for him what only I can do. What is it for you today? What situation is absolutely... De- Listen, y'all have heard me say a thousand times, Jesus is not genie Jesus. He's not a genie in a bottle. You, you, it's, it's not where you rub Jesus' belly like Buddha and then he gives you, grants you three wishes and boom, they automatically come true. That's not what I'm talking about. I am saying though that you trust it with him and let him do as he pleases. You let him glorify himself in your situation. Would you bring him your need today? For some in here, it's the need to be saved. You don't know the Lord. If you were to die like you are, you're not for sure you'd be in heaven. But oh, dear friend, you know Jesus died for you and shed his blood for you. And he wants you to repent and believe the gospel according to Mark 1.15. And if you do that, he says, I will in no wise cast you out. I'll receive you and bring you to myself. He'll save you immediately, instantaneously. And as you heard so many say in that video... When they called on Jesus, he changed their life and their world. They were never the same. 
This room right now is filled with people with needs. And I'm going to tell you this. For many of us, that issue, that thing has beset us long enough. It's time to give it to Jesus. Will you? Will you bring it to him? Lay it in his hands. Let him work.